sometimes as young people, I feel like we underestimate the power that we have, the influence that we have on the world. There has never been a time in all of history where young people have had as much influence over the world as we do today. And this is something that you need to think about because right now you're probably thinking to yourself, ah, he couldn't possibly be talking about me. I don't have any influence. All I have is a Facebook account or an Instagram account or a TikTok account. Um, And I only have a few hundred people that like or comment on my videos. Um, and, And in my immediate life, all I have are my friends who themselves don't even take me that seriously. I could ask them, guys, let's go do Bible study and they won't even listen to me. And I can understand that. I genuinely can understand underestimating yourself and the the platforms that you have at your disposal um, um, in this era, right? I mean, I remember when I was growing up, the social media platforms that existed were like MiG-33, Mixit. Uh, WhatsApp wasn't even a thing, right? Wasn't much of a thing. Obviously, WhatsApp is not the kind of platform where you can speak to multiple people at once, uh, but you, you're speaking to people directly. But that's the point I want to make is that when I was growing up, I lived in a world where, I mean, let alone baby boomers, right? Millennials that are my age live in a, lived in a world where the only influence you had, or rather the social media platforms that existed back then, a lot of them focused on one-on-one interactions. Or at best, if you want to interact with multiple people, you had to create a group chat. And this is is very essential to understand that you as a modern young person, you have the ability right now to go on to TikTok and and in a matter of months, in fact, in a matter of weeks, you could have a thousand people paying attention to what you're doing on social media. And all it takes is talent. Another thing that has happened in this modern world is that the access to be to to becoming a a public figure has become so accessible that even the most irresponsible of people are being given platforms by these companies that just want you to create content for them and and this we really need to check ourselves as as modern young people we really need to ask ourselves whether first of all if we I mean, you're living in a world where you could wake up tomorrow and have a million followers. I mean, we also shouldn't underestimate the the impact of having a hundred people like your video, like your pictures. It. I mean, we know people who are followed by millions. And I think that's the reason why we underestimate having 40 to 50 to 100 people listen to what we're saying. If you take that, and, and I understand, I do agree that having a hundred people, you're not making enough of a dent to destroy the world. Definitely, I absolutely agree. However, you are reaching enough people to make an impact in those, maybe let's say at the very least 10, make a difference in 10 people's lives. And I think we can grow numb, right? If you're constantly used to the fact that other people are reaching 4,000, 5,000, 10,000, 50,000 people at a time. Like, who are you? What difference could you make? But I want to zoom out for a bit, right? And I want us to understand the power that we as young people have today. And this is why it's important for us to answer the question of how can young people contribute to building peaceful communities? 
this is a very essential thing for us to understand as young people living in the modern world. Like we we have access to so many platforms. Our voices are being heard now more than ever. There are companies that are changing the way that they do business as a result of our demands. I mean, I, I, I was amazed to see how a, a whole studio that creates movies, Warner Brothers, they've been around for so many years. And yet through hashtags and social media movements, people demanded that they create a show and they actually released a show that was called the Snyder Cut, right? There was a film that was released that was, I think it was uh, Josh Josh Whedon, if I remember correctly, uh, who directed the film and people wanted to see the Snyder version. And they, they lobbied and protested on social media and they finally got what they want. So if young people have that much power, should we not then start to have conversations about how we can use that power responsibly? So let's talk about how we as young people can contribute to having to building a peaceful peaceful communities. For one, the first thing we need to know is we need to understand what it means to participate in conversations that lead to conflict. You need to be the kind of person who tries their best to not fuel misinformation, to not fuel conflict on social media. Um, this is something that happens a lot on Twitter where people uh, fetch each other. I mean, there's even a word for it. That's, that's the extent to which we, we, we participate in this practice, that people are going to go on social media and quite literally fetch each other. So what, what that means is you'll basically find someone living in peace someone who's just minding their business, maybe they've made a mistake in the past, and then you will go and dig up dirt on them and surface that dirt so that the rest of the world can watch them in shame. <clears throat> These are practices that we've popularized as the modern generation, and we need to allow those discussions to die, those practices to die. And the young people today, it's quite unfortunate, but we have a sense of mob justice. This saddens me quite a lot because we are not aware of just how dangerous mob justice can actually be, right? This idea that if we all think that someone is wrong, we don't care the extent to which we are damaging their life as long as they pay for the thing that they've done. And quite unfortunately, we take justice into our own hands. And this is another thing that needs to stop. Because if we cancel an individual as a collective, there is no one there with a sober mind to get within in the middle of the group and say, guys, we're wounding someone and we don't yet have the evidence of what they've done. And more, what's worse than that is that we don't even measure whether the damage we're doing to their life is equal to the crime that they've committed. And I'll, I'll admit, I'll admit, sometimes people are deserving of the cancellation that they get. Sometimes people are deserving. However, <clears throat> here's what unfortunately happens on social media. You might have the fantastic, uh, 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 you know, the, the, the great approach where you just want to bring justice. You just want to help someone. And you're not taking into account that the people that are helping and participating with you in getting someone cancelled, not all of them have the agenda. So what you'll find is you might be trying to cancel given. 
but you forget that there's someone out there who is angry at given for reasons that you might not be aware of. And those people bring my children into the conversation or into the mix. Now my children cannot go to school. Right. And these are things that we really need to ask ourselves whether the punishment is actually fitting of the crime. Obviously, I'm using one example, but these are online social media platform examples. We also need to participate in in, in in building peaceful communities in the real world. Social media is not a real place, right? It's a place that does have an impact in the tangible world, but we always need to remember that real change happens in our communities. Like if you're going to be the kind of young person to gather other young people and say, guys, let's uh, this coming weekend, let's go and clean the lake at so-and-so place. Let's spend the weekend helping the elderly, making sure that the elderly get from point A to point B. Let's, let, let's get their grocery list and go and buy them groceries. That's how you build peaceful communities. That's how you encourage the young people around you to do positive things. This, this is something that's very difficult to do because you kind of feel like everybody else will think you're the dork. The, 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 the one that, that, that Mr. Goody Two Shoes, they'll laugh at you when you make these proposals. But you have no idea the lasting impact that you're making. And remember that you don't have to gather the friends that think you're an idiot for doing such things. You absolutely don't have to. You need to gather the friends that will actually organically join you in your quest. You don't need to force people who don't want to participate to participate. Learn to attract and find those that actually want to participate. Those that actually want to see the world you're trying to build. This is how you build a brighter tomorrow. Not everyone. Everyone doesn't have to join. This is a very essential and important thing. Not everyone has to participate and not everyone has to join the movement. You just have to get a few willing people. How can young people contribute to the peace of the world is our topic for discussion and the fact that we need to pray for peace uh, in the world. Now, this is obviously pertaining to the the severe conflict that we currently see in, in Gaza and in Israel and uh, our own government asking for the arrest of the, the Prime Minister. Is it the First Minister, Prime Minister, I can't remember, of Israel. Uh, they want them, as well as the leaders of Hamas, to be arrested. Any case, so so that's happening. Now I need to, to speak to you on how can we, as young people, bring peace to the world. And I want to put the following to you and this is sort of a very difficult thing for me to say but I feel I do need to say it we can bring peace to the world by not posting our opinions on every second social media outlet or social media site uh, and neither speaking to people I don't say internalizing it but neither speaking our opinion and sharing our opinion to every person that might look seemingly interested in what we believe or say and the reason for that is, is that that our opinions uh, tend to bring conflict. Not not only Christian opinions, uh, not only young people's opinions, but people tend to bring conflict. We don't know, sitting in South Africa, now you can tell me that you do know, but you, I, I almost want to tell you, you, you don't, there's a great chance that you don't know what the reason behind the conflict is in, in, in Israel. Now you're going to say it's demonic and it's stuff like that, and it is that, but we need 
to to speak to a world that don't believe in spirituality. Uh, we need to address the world that doesn't believe in spirituality. That there's a there's a way and there's a workforce behind this. And to reach those people, we can't just make the bold statement that it's demonic. We need to try and understand why these countries are arguing and whether it's about physical earth, physical space of the earth, or whatever the case might be. Right, that is one of the things that we firmly believe that we should try and hold dear. We should try and keep not posting our opinions because what's happening in the world and the way the world has changed recently is that we need to be very verbal and uh, it's a great thing to be outspoken. It's a great thing to be controversial. It's a, it's a socially acceptable, socially esteemed in actual fact to be controversial and outspoken and loud. Everyone at all stages should know what you feel and think. And then the problem is that like um, specifically now, and I don't want to stick to this, but specifically with Israel and Hamas, we side with one side or another, right? And uh, when we side with them, every yes you tell someone and no you tell someone else. So when we side with Israel because we believe it's God's people, then we, we're against Hamas and we, we, we're against the oppression that they feel they believed against, uh, that they are experiencing from Israel. But when you're siding with Hamas, then the people in Israel will tell you about, listen, they are killing women and children in the streets and stuff like that. So keep your opinion to yourself. Try and figure this thing out and keep your opinion for yourself. One of the most important things that we can do is we can go to, um, and, and I've done this and I've organized this and I hold this very dear. You go to friends or you go to school and say, listen, this is the conflict that's currently happening. There's a, there's a war currently raging uh, in the Middle East. Can we put 10 minutes aside of our program and pray for the peace of it. That's one of the things that we can do, that we can pray for the peace and let God allow His Spirit and His body to, to do what needs to be done. That's one thing that I hold dear. We've, we've done it in the past and I firmly believe we should, we should... I've done it in the past and I firmly believe we should still do it. We should hold prayer gatherings. Uh, I remember there was a stage in South Africa that they said this is going to be the most, one of the worst voting uh, scenarios that's going to take place. And what we did, we were a couple of young guys from different congregations and we said we're going to go to the union buildings and pray together. And guys, you won't believe it. It was it was an amazing thing. I think I spoke to people, they spoke to people, and a lot of people spoke to other people. And long long story short, we were a thousand people if I'm not mistaken that pitched up to the amphitheater in uh, in in Pretoria at the Union buildings to pray for the peace of South Africa we should pray for the peace of Israel and Hamas we should come together and we should pray we should humble ourselves before the Lord um, if we seek him and not the approval of others uh, or disapproval of others because that's also something that fuels us we we would find the peace of Israel and peace of the world restored, we would find that we can have peace within ourselves and peace with God. And you can't fight necessarily uh, or have a verbal disagreement in a prayer meeting because the, the focus of the prayer meeting is not our opinions or the lack thereof, but much rather that we are humbling ourselves before the Lord God. And I feel that that is something that we should do. I feel that is something that we in the world or we in South Africa currently should do. We should pray 
for the peace of Israel. But not only that, we should pray for the upcoming elections. We should pray for the political campaigns where there's going to be smearing of names and swearing and arguments and racial incidents and all things happening like that. We should pray against that. And that is something that we can do. If you want to know what you can do with your time, pray against it. Now you're going to ask me, but I'm sitting in my room and I'm praying, what effect does that have? Okay, if you feel that you need to do more than that, go to your school, go to your principal, go to your teacher and ask, can we set aside 10 minutes? Uh, or can I ask for uh, uh, a notice to be put on the board that we will be praying in the second break or the long break on Thursday? Whatever the case might be, but put something like that. Organize a prayer meeting in which we are humbly seeking the face of the Lord inside the conflicts that's currently happening in the world. And that is my two cents worth on how we can change the face of the earth.